I'm struggling to talk about shrinking. I think we both are. Like this, this is a difficult one to discuss because I just don't, I don't. There's not much to say about it. There's, yeah, 10 episodes, 10 episode series and I don't have anything to say. Yeah. About, <laughs> like, I, was, was this, do you agree in me, think, like, in me saying that this seemed like completely void of story? Um, not not c- completely. I th- I think there is the story here is the experience of a father and a daughter overcoming the same life event. So they're mourning, daughter's mourning the mother, father's mourning the wife, and I think that's where the story is meant to go. I think that's what they try. That's the that's the presentation that I got. It's the way the father is mourning the wife, and it's the how different that is to the way the daughter is mourning the wife. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is, I think, the story. I think we agree that it's a, it feels like an American um, response to Ricky Gervais' Afterlife. Yeah. It's got the same kind of um, framework in that it's about a character who kind of has become checked out from their own life um, after experiencing bereavement and the loss of a wife. Yeah. Um, I don't think it does it as well. I, I think afterlife has but you know we're we're british people and we i think we appreciate british humor but afterlife has those dark sides to to the experiences that someone might have more than someone whereas shrinking doesn't have that i don't think shrinking is very more um shiny in a set in a sense i completely agree i think what i'm hearing you say is that um, afterlife just did it more explicitly. Substance. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, there's a lack of substance. It felt like at times I didn't really know what storyline um, shrinking was trying to push. Like I, you know, kind of in the first episode, it really gears up to be about the relationship between um, Jimmy, um, Jason Segel's character, and Sean, his uh, his patient who's experiencing PTSD and manic violent episodes yeah and you think it's going to be a relationship between the two of them and it kind of it kind of jumps around it's about the relationship between all of these individuals in a community too many maybe too many relationships because I think at the start of the series I was I was really excited for the direction of it and then by the end there were just so many things I think this series wanted you to be invested in. Yeah. That it became difficult to be invested in, you know, the relationship between Jimmy and Alice's daughter or Jimmy and his, his client Paul. Because it's it looked like Jimmy and Sean were going to help each other become better people. Um and by the end of the series, you know, Alice, Jimmy's daughter, has, you know, has a better relationship with her father again. But it I mean, those things all happened, but it didn't really... There was no attempt to, like, actually commit to those as storylines. I think the, the kind of expected um, storyline, maybe maybe even the cliche, that it kind of set up in that first episode was that it was going to be about a therapist, Jimmy, um, discovering a kind of new... or experimenting with a new style of therapy where he kind of tells all of his... Um, clients exactly what he thinks of them and exactly what to do mm-hmm. and kind of becomes like really involved in their lives and in, in, in a invasive sort of way um and that obviously that sets up the comedy and i was expecting the sort of cliche of the therapist 
discovering a way of helping himself and improving his own life through the the relationship he has with his clients and, and seeing the benefits that these things have to his to his patients and that kind of thing. But it sort of it sort of drops all of the clients in a mm. way. Yeah. Like, you know, it um, comes back to them in in, you know, bits maybe just to fill fill a scene or two. Well, but other than that like it, there was always so one thing that did frustrate me about this was I feel like every time you got to a scene where Jimmy or Paul, who's the elder therapist, you know, they were in a scene with their clients. 30 seconds later, they looked at their watch and the client's time was up. <laughs> and it all, almost, that just always seemed really pointless to me. Was that supposed to be funny? I, I, I'm not quite sure. Like, is is that supposed to be a, a, a comment to the way psychology and, and um, counselling works in, like, society or something? Like, I think is it supposed to be, you know, where the frustration people have are you only get 50 minutes and then your time's up. Were they trying to get that across in no. a funny way? I, I, think, I didn't get it. And I, it think kind it's of a simple, I think it's as simple as the fact that these characters are therapists or psychiatrists or whatever their specific uh, profession is, is irrelevant. <laughs> like, it's not... The, the, the fact that I actually forgot a handful of times that Jimmy is even a therapist. Mm. In the first episode, there's a comedic moment. Toward, I think it's towards the end, isn't it? Like, the the story sets itself up with Jimmy being a complete mess. He's, like, by his pool. Yeah. He's drinking, like, three in the morning. He's got drugs. He's got girls. Like, the neighbours coming around telling him to shut up. His daughter is inside asleep, presumably with school the next day. Like, he's completely like a mess as a result of the bereavement that he's just experienced and then of course he, he gets up staggers into work or staggers into a build to a, a cognitive behavior therapy center the next day goes into an office sits down and then it's revealed you know he turns to yeah. the patient and it's revealed he's not the that. patient he's the therapist yeah. and there's the there's like the the comic inversion there and but then past that you know he starts experimenting with this new style of therapy where he just gets involved and tells people exactly what to do. He basically just flips and becomes impatient and just goes, oh, this is what you need to do, for God's sake. Stop coming in here and moaning to me. Um, but then it's dropped completely. Then yeah. the fact that he's a therapist is irrelevant. In fact, the fact that even, you know, like Gabby, for example, the character, and mm-hmm. Paul, his boss, played by Harrison Ford, both of the two of them are supposed to be therapists as well, yet most of their interactions are outside of work. Gabby's always in his house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So are his patients. Sean literally moves in into his um, pool house because he's been kicked out of his spot because of his violent tendencies or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it all just felt like an excuse to get the characters together in a social setting all the time. Yeah, like they're all friends and they're all big family. Yeah. Um, just to kind of, yeah, just to involve everyone. Yeah, I, I didn't. That did, what that was frustrating to me, um, despite the fact that I did enjoy watching the TV show from from start to end. I, I thought it was it was quite an easy watch. I thought some of the characters were quite likeable. Um, Paul, Harrison Ford's character, and Jimmy, Jason Segal's character, helped me kind of watch that TV series and get, and get through it. I haven't seen Harrison Ford in much other than Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Um, and I think it was quite impressive that he did 
he's done a sitcom like he's done a, a show that is kind of sold focus you know so the whole sole purpose is comedy and I think he does really well and he performs really well and, and, and I take my hat off to him and Jason Segal their relationship throughout this TV series it was probably the thing that kept me watching in particular um, and I was hoping you know I was hoping for more substance I, I enjoyed I think what happened was at the start of the season I enjoyed the potential relationship between Jimmy and Sean you know, I, I, I enjoyed the thought of those three relationships between Jimmy, um, the client Sean, the older therapist Paul and his daughter Alice. I think I was like hoping that those were the, the things to be focused on and, and what this TV series did. They just added in two or three more characters and gave them huge roles to kind of make all of that not as important. Yeah, Liz was a huge character, had a huge role in this. I don't think she needed to. I think she needed to be, you know, in and out of a few episodes. No, no more really. Liz is the neighbor. She? Liz is the neighbor. Yeah. Um, Gabby, the best fr- the the best friend through association, had a hu- you know a massive part to play, and and I just think those two having such substantial roles kind of took away from what I was excited about when I started watching this show, which is. Jimmy turning his life around, becoming a better father for Alice, you know, helping this um, army vet kind of overcome his fears and things like that, and having some funny comical relationship with his boss, basically. I, I was excited to see those those things develop all the way through, and, and, and that just didn't end up happening. I don't know, I'd say they did happen, but there was just so much, so much else. Yeah. What do you think the difference between a sitcom and a soap is? The the only difference I can think of is a sitcom is, you know, mostly around comedy um, and making audiences laugh. And, and I think soaps are like, you know, dramatic soaps, EastEnders, Coronation Street. You know, I see them solely to, to be around drama. Yeah, it's drama versus comedy, isn't it? Traditionally, like a sitcom, of course, is done is filmed in front of a studio audience. Maybe there's a laughing track. There's usually just the one camera. Um, but other than, I mean, you know, take away all of that, and this shrinking conforms to all of the the stereotypes of a sitcom. I think um, the fact that the writers find an excuse for characters to all be in the same room at the same time. You know, the, the conveniences of, of Sean moving into Jimmy's house yeah. and Gabby kind of starting a relationship with Jimmy so she can be around all the time and Paul randomly passing out on the sofa so he's present for the breakfast scene the next day. Yeah. Like, the, and, you know, you know, taking it even further, Liz constantly be on the, being on the balcony or her husband just across the street so they can yeah. be present for a conversation. Like... The, the sort of conveniences and the the two or three settings I guess it's like you know the guy's flat the girl's flat in the coffee shop in um in Friends it's kind of a similar situation with this it's either yeah. Liz's house next door at Jimmy's house or their shared workspace and if there's a if there's ever a a scene that's with a maybe point. one yeah. or two characters they're at a bench in a public place and that's it and do you know what you know I mean it it was written by Brett Goldstein and, and Bill Lawrence, and obviously Bill Lawrence is uh, famous for Scrubs. Yeah, Scrubs, and so perhaps this is just the direction that sitcoms are going. You don't really have sitcoms like Friends or Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, um, they're not they're not think they're not huge anymore. You haven't really got any 
newer versions of stuff like that. Like we'd never see anything filmed in front of a live studio audience now. Yeah. Uh, stuff like My Family, this. I mean, the, the uh, Scrubs, I guess, maybe was a step between those original things from the 90s and, and where we are now. Um, so I, I definitely think that Shrinking is the, the modern sitcom. Um, and I think there's evidence for that in pretty much every way you look in, in this show. Like the fact that every character is way too self-aware. Like Alice, near enough, comes out and says, I'm desperate for a parental figure. <laughs> Yeah, you know the how old is she supposed? She's supposed to be seventeen. She's seventeen. I mean, yeah. I guess she can be intelligent, but she swings between sort of really irrational, um, kind of I don't want to use the word, but kind of bratty responses like um, to Jimmy, and then really bitingly self-aware comments to Liz or to Sean, where she sort of talks about how checked out her father is and how much she needs a sort of surrogate parent figure, and it doesn't it doesn't add up to a believable character. Yeah, definitely doesn't add up to fully explored. I feel like Shrinking from start to finish didn't want to do the legwork in characterizing these people. It just sort of gave you the model. Mm-hmm. So, oh, this is the, sticking with Alice as the example, this is the, um, the daughter who's struggling with the fact that her father hasn't been present since their mother died. Yeah. And that's who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that, that's who this character is. Gabby being a really good example of like, I am the token female therapist that works at the, the well black female therapist that works next to Jimmy I'm, I'm the best friend sort of thing and it, it just it fell into that it relied on I guess stereotypes way too much and it felt like every character was a representation of what they were supposed to be rather than an individual character an individual person yeah do you uh, this is uh, this is a uh, I've just kind of thought about this while while we're recording we're we're kind of talking about you know lack of development, um, you know lack of development for character, lack of story. Do you think this series needed more episodes, or do you think it needed to strip back and focus on less? That's a really good question. Because a sitcom, typically Friends, all these other series, twenty something episodes a season. Yeah. Um, and so so do we do we again think they've they've kind of under egged the pudding I can't believe I've just said that where, they, where they've got where they've got way less episodes than they should have in comparison like you know it's, it's one of those things either have become a sitcom have way more episodes or, or or focus on less so you can actually deliver something that's good tangible I, I think Afterlife does that really well I don't think it tries to focus on too much it is literally focusing on on Ricky Gervais's yeah, character, character development and you know maybe the odd love interest you know but nothing much else and it's dark it's punchy and it's you know it's, it's excellent so so with shrinking do we think did it need more episodes would we have been open to more episodes or did it just need to focus on did it have the potential to do it in 10 episodes but just strip a lot back <sighs> this is really cynical and maybe this comes from you know I, I, I'm just looking for good story that's mm-hmm. all I like and I think having these conversations with you and watching the things that we've been watching over the past few weeks like has helped me sort of start zeroing in on exactly what I'm looking for in a good story as a consumer or an audience as an audience yeah yeah well no yeah just as an individual yeah <laughs> like I'm sort of narrowing down and zeroing in on like the 
what I'm actually looking for in fiction. And it is, I know this much so far, and that's, it's, it's ultimately story. I don't think there's much else other than plot. Um, and so it's not that, would I have made this shorter or longer or what, I, what would I have added? Like, I don't think it needs anything more or anything less. I'm struggling to justify its existence at all. <laughs> and that's maybe really cynical because I did enjoy shrinking it. Like it did maybe make me genuinely laugh at a few points. Like there is moments of comedy that hit, but there's equally a huge amount of comedy that doesn't. There's jokes that are kind of forced through. There's a really American style of humor that doesn't really hit for me, um, where it kind of feels like everyone's improvising all the time and conversations go on for like just a little bit too long nobody's economic with words and everyone's i'll say it again everyone's way too self-aware everyone's kind of commenting on what they're saying and what they're doing as they do it it's yeah. a weird kind of self-aware american humor that is funny like maybe sprinkled in but as the sort of basis of the humor throughout it just became annoying it just started grating on me yeah um and that yeah i mean that's was true of gabby's character especially like no disrespect to Jessica Williams, but that character really started to annoy me towards the end. Like that toxic positivity, like that, yeah, like insane level of sort of. It, happy it's, it's, it's an unrealistic. It's an unrealistic character. Um, well, well, is it? I don't know. I, I, I mean, for me, that she, I just when Gabby was on screen, it was more of a, um, I, I. I from the start, I knew what she was going to kind of come out with, or I knew what a style, you know, what she would add to conversations. So I maybe didn't find it as jarring because I knew that's how they did her character. They they were they were doing that. They were making her kind of overbearing but lovable, and, mm. and and that's just what they wanted to do with that character. So I guess it didn't annoy me as much because you know from the start, even the in the first few lines she's got when she's filling up the water bottle when she's going through all these facts about how good you know to the older therapist how good having loads of water is for you and I just knew she was going to be that overly positive character throughout um and I guess that didn't annoy me as much because you have seen it so much before and it's almost to be expected from an American sitcom isn't it yeah absolutely have you seen power I watched like the first two seasons of Power. And you see, familiar enough. There's this thing I'm noticing with American TV. I wonder if it'll be the case with Succession, which I haven't started watching yet, but there's a lot of these American um, TV shows, whether they're sitcoms or soaps or whatever specific genre they fit into, they're also glossy. There's nothing, like, kind of gritty or real about them. Like, and Power, I think, is a brilliant example. Shrinking too. they both, you know, every scene is filmed during golden hour or at the height of noon of its morning you know like everything's got sort of the perfect lighting everyone's in perfectly curated fresh off the hangout outfits statement pieces everyone's kind of like operating at their best all the time even even when they're supposed to be at their lowest you know yeah it's, it's very obvious that everyone's playing a part um power is a brilliant example of it because there are you know there are scenes where People are supposed to have just lost all their money and gone completely bankrupt and whatever in, in masses of drug debt or whatever and they're and they're sort of begging for money from a from a fellow character to pay off a lawyer or something, but in that scene they're still in their Amiri jeans and their Velone 
branded leather jacket and the Balenciagas and you're thinking like bro just sell your outfit yeah. <laughs> and it's it's as though there's a disconnect between the wardrobe department and everyone doing like set design and, and everything about the way the show is presented to the viewer there's a, there's a disconnect between that entire department and the writers I think that is a psychology thing for the audience I think you present a show like that and it helps uh, an audience member maybe forget about the day they've had, the grey day they've had. You know, when you're presented with bright lights and everything on screen and, you know, really... I, I think that's... Because that's what's happened with, like... Uh, and th this is going on a tangent. But you look at, like, influences and social media and stuff like that where you're drawn to things that are more exciting. I, I think that's how American TV is presented. It's exciting. It's... It's punchy. Well, I, it's, I there's loads of money. There's money's thrown at you. No, yeah, obviously, because the TV shows that are my favourite make me feel awful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the last, the Last of Us, Game of Thrones. You know, all those shows. While I was watching them, I hated my. I hated because you're emotionally invested. Because I was emotionally invested. Because you feel like you're watching a person on the screen. The Wire, for example. Yeah. You're feeling like you're watching individuals actually in their their life and their, and what's happening to them is real. I feel like with power. And with and with um and with shrinking, maybe it's maybe it's of maybe it's um, a tendency of the sitcom genre, but it's as though you're watching an actor play a part. It's like there's another level between us as an audience and the actors, and it's almost like they're saying, "Look, look, we're acting, and you know we're acting, and we know you know we're acting, and you know, and yeah. we're like Alice is not a character; she's a representation of the grieving daughter. Jimmy is not." A psychiatrist, a, a psychiatrist. He's a representation of a. Not even it's Jason Segel doing a Jason Segel part. Exactly, and you know what? Despite an interesting performance, despite a really good uh, performance from Harrison Ford, that is further evidence for it because his entire arc, I think, the arc that I enjoyed the most actually, was Paul Harrison Ford's character, kind of letting go of uh, a, a form of toxic masculinity and kind of becoming vulnerable and showing emotion and trying to reconnect with his daughter and having a, a, a caring relationship with his co-workers because he has been raised paul has been raised as the the hero as the american hero as the the typical male which is harris which is every role harrison yeah, ford has true, played actually. before <laughs> Han Solo and it's it, even that is almost a commentary on it it's like and and again the fact that everyone's so self-aware is is even further evidence for it it's like everyone's just saying I'm a representation of the part that I'm playing. I'm not that individual. Yeah. It's the opposite of method acting. Yeah. And and you literally think of like what we've just reviewed, you know, we just reviewed The Last of Us a few weeks ago, how hard-hitting that was, Happy Valley, how, you know, emotionally invested you are in those. When you're disappointed about an ending, it's because you loved the journey as well like yeah, with, yeah, with the yeah, other shows yeah. where you're, you're not happy with the way things ended you, you, you love the journey the way this ended I was kind of ready for it to end I'm not bothered about watching another season of this I mean I probably maybe I will maybe I won't but let, let, let's actually talk about the ending so in the last couple of episodes the um, uh, Jason Segal Jim, so Jimmy is having a chat with one of these clients about um you know, wouldn't it be great if, if her husband wasn't in her life, right? <laughs> and the very last scene, 
Um, and and J- Jimmy and, and the client were talking about pushing him off a cliff. And in the very, very last scene, Jimmy's client is running up her hill with her, with her husband. He's given her all sorts of emotional abuse and basically says, if you continue to stick up for yourself, I'm going to end you. Mm. And then he runs up to the top of the hill. And, th- and here's another classic American thing. Oh, lovely view, though. He says, what, like, what? <laughs> He's just, you've just emotionally abused your wife and then you're going to turn straight away to the view. Maybe that's realistic, that, an emotionally abusive partner. That, I don't know. Is that classically American? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, but like, it's, it's like, you know, ju- it's, it's making light of such a dark subject, it, you know, making light of such a dark subject yeah. and willing the audience to want him to be pushed off a cliff. Yeah, right. So, sorry to interrupt you. Here. Sorry, and then she pushes him off a cliff. She pushes, of course, the ending is she, yeah, and it's set up in the scene in the scene uh, in the therapist's office with Jimmy when they kind of joke about oh I'll push him off a cliff and then of course she does and it, it ends on that cliffhanger I guess <laughs> oh my god yeah. um, but what um, this, again going back to my point about it, it just being kind of a representation and not real acting or not real writing almost um, that scene when he is emotionally abusive it doesn't like it's the first time us as an audience have spent uh, have spent with that character with the client's husband, um, who when well, no, I headbutted Jason Segal. Yeah, okay, yeah, but it's the first time that he gets any real dialogue. Yeah, um, Donny is his name, um, and Donny's not. We don't. You don't. You know. You don't get to see him being the the abusive or the um, manipulative husband that he's. Described yeah. to be, so you don't like, even really want to see him get his comeuppance. Well, the the when you finally do, when you get the scene between Jimmy's client and her husband Donny, that emotional beat, the dialogue is literally like, "Oh, shut up! You're so stupid!" Like you know, it's 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 a representation of verbal abuse. Yeah. It's not. He doesn't say anything, but it doesn't make you hate the character. Yeah, you're just supposed to. It's the right. It's the writer or the actor saying, "Oh yeah, I'm the guy you're supposed to hate." So just do that for us, yeah? yeah? It doesn't make you emotionally invested at all. Yeah. Think about how much you hated... I've forgotten his name now because it's ages ago we watched it. But you know um, Bad Sisters? Yeah. How much did JP. you hate JP Yeah, the char- as a character because of... It was, it was vile, yes. The, the malicious things he actually from, does from, on the screen. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and it doesn't do... You know, again, this doesn't do that. It doesn't set up you hating a character. It just says, do us a favour and hate him for us. Yeah. So, so, the, so what I wanted to ask you about it is, okay... So client has now pushed um, husband off cliff, and we can assume he's dead. Is is that is that something for the next seat? Like, no. Where do they go from there? <laughs> no. Where do they go from there? Does does Jimmy become? Does Jimmy get put to jail for I don't know assisting <laughs> or put given putting the idea in her head? Like, what what what's going to happen from that being that was the last scene in the show? Mm. So what does that mean for the show? When it begins, it starts with the idea that Jimmy's new uh, style of therapy and telling everyone exactly what he thinks is going to be the focus. You know, like Yes Man with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, mm. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey yeah. um, with the whole concept is he, I'm going to say yes to everything, and the whole movie is an exploration of what would happen if you did that. You kind of you expect the same from Shrinking. You expect um, it to be an exploration of what would actually happen if a therapist just told all of his clients what to do. Mm. Exactly, the baby mm. said, "Do it. Leave your husband. You know, tell the barista, whatever. You know, just do do it." 
but it drops it straight away. Yeah. Two episodes yeah. in, it's gone, and it's just and it just becomes a, a, a sitcom where the fact that they're therapists or psychiatrists, or whatever, is irrelevant, and it's just a bunch of characters working on their issues together, and there's a bunch of funny moments. Then right at the end, it kind of like picks it up again with this client throwing a husband off a cliff, and it's like, oh look, these are the ramifications of that new style of therapy that we haven't really explored. <laughs> yeah. So whether there's going to be a second season, there's definitely or actually, going to be a second season. But it doesn't need not, to. I'm not. It doesn't need a second know, season. I'm not necessarily excited for it, which which I think is going to be a, be the show's downfall in my in my opinion, because I think it had a good it. It's, it was set up to do something quite different and interesting and it ended up really under delivering on that in mm. in my opinion um, should we get on to rating it it's a hard one to rate because this is the first sitcom that we've reviewed and you know if power is the modern soap and shrinking is the modern sitcom what I'm looking for being really engaging well written story with characters that I'm emotionally connected to in one way or another you never. I don't think we're ever going to find that in a soap or a sitcom. I don't think I'm ever going to find that in something like this. I really enjoyed watching Shrinking for the most part because the characters, there's genuinely funny moments and the characters, a lot of them are likeable. Harrison Ford's being an example. And you want to spend time with them. Um, it's it's simple entertainment. It's not, it doesn't ask you to engage as an audience. Um, it's very, very accessible. Therefore, what it what it does, it does well. But is it what I'm looking for? Absolutely not. So I mean, I land on a five. Yeah, right in the middle. I um, I'll give it a six because I, I wouldn't t- typically watch it again. I enjoyed watching it while I was watching it. Did did feel at times like it was a bit of a a struggle to get through, and I feel like that's quite bad considering it's thirty minute episodes. And it's and it's five hours in total. Like I did at times feel a bit like not <clears throat> not excited to watch the next episode, um, which I don't think's a great kind of thing for to happen when you're watching something. I, usually, especially with things so short, half an hour episodes. Like for me with Ted Lasso, I just want to watch the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. Don't get bored. Absolutely love it. Um, that's obviously something that Brett Goldstein has written as well, and and they're you like, in fact they're actually longer than half an hour episodes. Well, the other one I can think about is Brassic because absolutely yeah. love Brassic, and you just want to watch the next one over and over again. And we're shrinking up until that. I felt like that until literally the end of episode three, and then I was like, okay, now I feel like it's more of a challenge to watch the rest of it. Yeah, with it with something like this, I was thinking easy, no problem. Half an hour episodes, it would be done so quickly, but it became a slut struggle, and it became a slog, and I think that's because, it yeah, it just it just lapsed, lacked depth for me. So I think the length of episodes points up being a sitcom as well. You yeah, know, like twenty to thirty minute episodes, indicative of the sitcom. Yeah, as opposed yeah, to an yeah. hour, like yeah. Ted Lasso, which is maybe more of the Ted Lasso is like forty five, so in between. But yeah, it's it's but it's a drama with a lot of comedy thrown into it. Okay. Um, so, so I'm going to give it a six because mm. I, I d- I'm not going to lie, I did enjoy it. I like Jason Segal. I like Harrison Ford. It was a bit of fun. You can get invested to an extent if you wanted to. So, yeah. but I, but ultimately, <laughs> I just wouldn't watch it again. And I don't think, 
you know, if we don't have to, I'll not be watching the second season of this show. <laughs> and that's it. Final point. How did you feel about the portrayal of black characters in the Trinket? So yeah, I'm I'm quite conflicted about the portrayal of of black characters. Um, basically, on the reason that I I do sometimes I do think there's a place for you know the, the odd joke that you know portrays the difference between black and white culture. But I think it's been done so much um, in specifically in like American TV that. It's, it's it's just a little bit boring and it seems to be a, a driver for, for comedy throughout this whole show. Um, I, you know, Gabby's character is just always, always referring to things that black people do. She doesn't have many scenes where she doesn't refer to herself as black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which... Isn't isn't a problem in itself. It just seems a little unrealistic. Well, there's, there's, there definitely has been been a bit of a, a change um, within, I think, the black community around being proud about your color. And well, yeah. And, and I think they've maybe tried to get that across quite I, a lot. I, I wouldn't say that change is recent. It doesn't change what? <laughs> I wouldn't say that change is recent. Oh no, no, no! But I think I think it, no. But when 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 you're talking about people writing it in 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 comedy and things like that and writing it into drama, I feel like it's it's I feel like characters written like that are, are way more recent. Mm, Confident it, black. I think that's way more recent than and I, and I think it's already been done a little bit too much. I think there's nothing wrong with so so for me, Sean's character didn't wasn't hit with that drama. He, he was a he was an army vet. He was an army vet. That was his. That was his own story, and he had loads of problems, kind of getting over the trauma that came with that. Whereas, whereas Gabby was the black therapist and did things because she's black and went to different social settings because she's black and things like that. And and I don't. I think that's just been done a lot. You know, I think there's no. <laughs> you think black characters being black has been done a lot? <laughs> but but it's been it's been written by. A white. It's been written by white people. That's that's the impression that I got a little bit. Now it falls back into the sort of like overly self-aware thing. I think you can explore the differences between white and black culture or, and black characters in a white uh, society or a white dominated society without overtly alluding to it, it's, without it's, saying, "Oh, yeah. I'm I'm black in a white setting." Yeah. Pretty much every scene, yeah. you can explore it yeah, and you yeah. can let the audience that kind of figure that out or yeah. see that for themselves. It, I think that's a stronger way of making the statement. It, it doesn't maybe need to be the as sitcom. Obvious. Yeah, it doesn't need to be as overt, and maybe the sitcom isn't the best um, form to explore that in. Yeah, but it did. It did definitely as a result of that. It felt to me as though white writers had written black characters. It, it, it's the same. Do you know what? It's the same problem you have with old white men writing female parts in shows gone by where you you kind of feel like the female actor hasn't done a good job but it could always really be down like and but then you listen to the words that that actor has had to say during mm. a scene and is it's it just, bad acting is it bad script it's, like, it's, and you know it, it comes down to how how does the old white man know what a woman's going to say in that situation as a writer, though, you've got a responsibility to get it right and to be, to be sensitive and accurate. And I, I'm not blaming anyone or making any accusations, but for me, the portrayal of black characters just felt a little bit forced, and a little bit. 
to push through. But um, I mean, I disagree with what you said about uh, about Sean as well. Like, I don't think his focus was the fact that he was an army vet. Like, again, that gets dropped straight away. He moves into Jimmy's pool house, and he or it's almost like just an excuse to have him as a character present. You know, yeah. and in that sense, it's very much like Black Friend. Do you know what I mean? It's like he is the token black character well, that's at the breakfast table every morning. And 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 for Liz convenience. and and Liz and Gabby literally did have that conversation yeah. in one of the episodes where yeah, again, Liz was talking about all her other black friends and Gabby going, "You don't have any other black friends." And Liz going, "Oh, I know. I wish I did have more black friends." Yeah. What's that all about? What's, as a standalone, uh, what scene, is that all about? I don't get that. Dialogue, why? who decided to put that in it, That's, just, it was so jarring yeah and, and and actually I didn't actually get over that yeah. um, and I understand what they were trying to write Liz as I really understand it but but at the same time she didn't really she, she was portrayed as nosy not old fashioned you know old fashioned were those kind of you know middle aged woman statements you know she was portrayed as nosy not like not really aware of of that you shouldn't say I wish I had more black do you know like she wasn't yeah. she wasn't the wife of Orange it's County it's too self aware yeah that's it it's, it's Liz being just like it's all just too self there was a really nice scene when the other neighbour came out and confronts Sean when he's like taking the bins out or something and she starts talking she's obviously just overtly racist and she's talking about like oh what are you doing in that bin that doesn't belong to you and he's like actually I'm staying at the house and then Liz comes out and Jimmy comes out and Alice comes out and they're all just going in on the neighbour for being racist like, and she's, she's just obviously an awful person and then um, Derek pulls up and mistakenly like is friendly to her and they're all like no we don't like Pam like that I think there was room to Pam never came back yeah you know, if you want to explore that kind of thing through comedy do it like you know like have a racist character that's made to look like an idiot or whatever like this you know you, you can there it, the sitcom isn't the best medium or form to explore racial diversity in I don't think or issues around white and black culture but if you are going to do it through comedy there's ways to do it and shrinking missed with it yeah it was it, was, it just didn't work it, it's it just was, another it's, it's just another thing that wasn't they didn't commit to yeah. There's a lot of storylines they didn't commit to and they, and they obviously didn't commit to if you're going to have those dynamics between black and white characters actually make them, you know, real and tangible and believable. I mean, actually make them funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, every time race was brought up, like, pretty much every time, it was more jarring than it was amusing. Mm. And, and Gabby's dialogue almost, she actually, it was almost, she didn't actually, if you take away her saying that she's black and every in so many different scenes like if you take that away that dialogue away she she could have been any mm, race like it yeah. wasn't there was no defining characteristic you know there was nothing defining about that character really other than being a black therapist that's it yeah I'm not gonna I don't wanna let that taint my view of the show too much like I'm not going to accuse the writers of anything or anything like that I just think it was another example of it being a little bit shallow and it's just not really yeah just you know, know it's a sick it, it was I fun like, but it lacked depth and that's it was fine Shrinking is fine five out of ten yeah. you know what I mean like it's fine watch it enjoy it never think about it again 